Hello and welcome in to the Orlando Drummer Podcast. This is episode 26. I know for those uh, watching on YouTube, this is not your uh, your normal view here. I'm over at my other podcast set from All In With Adam, so apologies for the change in scenery for this particular episode. It was just a little easier to record uh, this episode with Casey. So Casey Cooper and I have been friends for a very long time. We met back in probably 2015, maybe 2014, and we did a recording project at my old studio here in Orlando. Uh, that was, what did we record? Rachel Platt. Latin's fight song and I can't feel my face by the weekend. Those were the two pop songs that were on the radio at the time. Uh, but that was a really fun recording project, and you can find those videos uh, way way back on his YouTube channel. But ever since then, him and I have found a reason to get together at least once or twice a year, whether it's on drum projects or just to hang out. I was actually fortunate enough to see him and his wife Hannah at my wedding just a couple months ago, so it was cool to see him again. Um, you know, this soon. So Casey came over about a week ago, and we said, "Hey, let's knock out a drum podcast." So we talked about all sorts of things in this interview, but I wanted to let you know that uh, the interview, if you're watching on YouTube or listening on Spotify or Apple, it's only a portion of the interview. The entire uncut podcast between Casey and I uh, is only available on orlandodrummer.com in the members area of that website. If you're unfamiliar with orlandodrummer.com, it's an online education platform or an online drum school, very much in the style of Netflix. You can find hundreds and hundreds of drum lessons. Uh, it's got the world's largest collection of drumless play-alongs, and there's tons of other interviews and podcasts just like the one that you're about to hear today. Uh, we've got drummers like Charlie Ingen from Five Finger Death Punch. Uh, we've got Luke Holland, Guitar Center Drum Off champ um, Juan Carlita Mendoza. A whole bunch of good buddies of mine uh, have done this over the years, so there's tons more interviews just like this one in the members area of OrlandoDrummer.com. There's a link in the description where you can save 25% off of your first two months membership to the website. So I'd love to see you guys there. All right, here is the interview with Casey. Enjoy, guys. All right, welcome in, everybody. Adam here, the Orlando drummer, and um, maybe a couple of you have heard of this uh, this young man sitting next to me. Very this few, is... though. <laughs> Casey Cooper, how you doing, brother? Good. Uh, Good. Man, it's exciting to be here. It's exciting to be in your, your finished studio. Finished. Because I saw it before it was finished. I yeah. saw the process, and we... What did it look like when you were here last time? I can't remember how far in the construction we were. I'm pretty sure you just had uh, the outer layer of drywall up, or maybe you had just finished the inner layer, but it was it was definitely like just drywall. Yeah. And I mean, it was dark in here. You couldn't see anything. There Super were no dark. drums. I think maybe you had a few drums in like a storage area or something, yeah. but it was, uh, it was one of those things where unless you have vision... It didn't look like it was going to be that great yet. <laughs> Not impressive at all. <laughs> yeah. Well, it was cool because I remember I got to see your studio um, when it was in construction mode, which is also really, really cool because seeing how, like you said, you have to have a vision for what a studio could look like to even appreciate it. Otherwise, yeah. it's just studs and insulation and yeah. Dirt. Yeah. Dirty everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> Do you ever want to build another studio again after doing that? Oh man, I love the process. Yeah, uh, it was a ton of work, but uh, I love the process. I love the idea behind designing, behind building. I'm into all the construction techniques and stuff. So yeah. I would build another one, but I think for the sake of my family, I would not build another one in my house, yeah. like as part of my my home. You know, sure. Like, it was just too many waking up at three a.m. and trying to do stuff Ugh. while they're sleeping, and then trying to like also juggle everything it's sure <laughs> my, my wife has told me she's like if we're gonna get a new house like it we're not we're not building another studio <laughs> i hear you man <laughs> I, I also i i joke with kelly that like it i feel like it took a year off my life like you mm. get so getting so physically beat up all yeah. the time you know the amount of like bumps and bruises and scratches and like your hands are always torn up and i'd 
you realize that being a drummer is a relatively safe career path. Like, mm-hmm. I don't have to worry about getting injured on any given day. And being in construction world, man, I didn't like that. Just always something sore, busted, or tweaked, or, you know. The crossover between being a drummer and doing your own construction work is, will I have all my fingers to continue being a drummer? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly, man. Yeah. Oh, it's brutal, man. Well, dude, there's a whole bunch of directions we could go with a podcast like this, but I like... With somebody like you, I love talking about the online world because mm. for all of the drummers that you and I know, not all of them are as YouTube centered or Instagram centered or, you know. Yeah. Um, so I'm curious, like, just to get get an update from you on what has happened in the online drum world in the last few years, because it's certainly I don't know. It's it's different than it was even three years ago, you know, but like what, what kind of stuff are you seeing in the online world? Well, I mean, the the biggest thing is that YouTube is no longer what YouTube used to be. You yeah, know? I mean, it's you, you can't you can't just put up a video and like even if it's a video people are gonna like, even if you have a following, it, you can't just put up a video and be like, oh well, you know, I have two and a half million subscribers, so people are gonna watch it. Like that's mm-hmm. not how it works because of the algorithm and yeah. uh, you know the format of videos has just changed so much to where like. A drum cover, which used to be the bread and butter of just about every drummer on YouTube, at least to start, or you know, there there was so much behind it besides you know guys like yourself that focus more on the education side of things. Mm-hmm. Uh, it it's no longer a format that's like a a guaranteed success anymore. You yeah. know, you can't be like, oh man, I'm gonna film an amazing drum cover of this specific song, and it's gonna get a lot of views. Like it, there's yeah, there's yeah. no guarantee of that. In fact, it almost like especially my audience who grew up watching me play drum covers, they're always asking, you know, why don't you do more drum covers? Why don't you do more drum covers? And I'm like, because I spend hours on it. It doesn't generate any revenue for me. And yeah. then YouTube doesn't send it to all of you guys. So you don't even see it. And then you, you ask on the next video, why aren't you doing drum covers? I'm like, well, I did a drum cover, but you didn't get to see it because of the algorithm. You know, yeah. and it's like, I think that change Really, I mean, for me now, I focus on content that is either educational or uh, product related, where I'm trying to help people understand, yeah. you know, different products and different drums. But more so, just entertainment. You know, sure. like what videos can I create that are entertaining drum videos that are much longer than the uh, than a four minute drum cover. You know, like sure. I need you to watch for ten minutes for the video to actually get traction. Yeah, yeah, I've, I've experienced the. The same thing where it's like the views aren't free just because you have a bunch of subscribers. Like that doesn't guarantee, I say free, but like, yeah, yeah the, your, your, the success of any given video is not guaranteed anymore. Mm-hmm. And it used to be if yeah. you had subscribers, 90% of them were, were going to see it at least pop up in their feed. It was just a matter if they clicked it and how long they watched. Yep. And that's all all gone now. And then that fixture of entertainment is a huge part of it now. I, I've always felt that TikTok played a big role in that mm-hmm. because it, you know, Instagram sort of rode the line of being entertaining and educational. Like you could still yeah. get away with a lot of educational content on, on like Instagram and YouTube that always did well. But TikTok is the first one where people like to pretend that it's educational, but it's, it's not. It's very short format entertaining videos yeah. only. And I feel like that's, kind of colored the perspective of like a younger generation, right? Where they open these apps to be entertained. Mm-hmm. And, and now you're seeing things like, at least in the lesson world, like a drum lesson is also merged with like a vlog mm-hmm. in a weird way. Like it's a lot of that sort yeah. of thing, which is interesting, man. It's it's hard. We're, we've been doing this long enough where I feel like some of those 
those content style pivots are difficult to make because it's like, oh, I'm not used to doing it that way. Yep. Like I did it this way for a really long time. Yeah, it's it's uh, definitely frustrating. But so how, how do you balance that out? Because for me, I you can still survey the drum world and say, well, here's what's going to get a bunch of views. But do you ever run into things where where you have that ethical challenge of like, maybe this isn't what I really want to make just mm. because it gets views. It's not necessarily like, you know, how much work do you do for views and views alone? Right. Yeah. It's that's tough. That, oh, that's a huge, like uh, a battle because I mean, at the end of the day, uh, if you want your YouTube channel or whatever it is that you're doing to be successful and to, you know, push forward and open more doors and you, you want the views, but I mean, I, I 100%, most of the time I'm not doing it for fun anymore, mm -hmm. you know, and that's the biggest, like, that's the biggest disconnect. Cause when I started, yeah. it was like, I just have fun. You know, I play drums to songs. I, I do whatever it is that I want to do. And people seem to relate well to that. And now I still have fun in the creation process and I sure. still enjoy, you know, I enjoy editing. I enjoy drumming. I enjoy all those different pieces, but I don't go downstairs and sit behind a drum set and play drums for fun anymore. Mm -hmm. You know, like there's so much, uh, conceptualization of like what it is exactly that needs to be created and so instead of it being like hey you know i just heard this fun song on the radio i want to go play drums to it mm -hmm. it's like that's not how it works you know it's yeah. like okay so this is the product that i'm going to showcase this time and this is the idea that i want to i want to teach and this is the you know this is the concept that i think is going to get people to watch it for a while sure. and so i want to provide all of those things but it's yeah. not it's not that simple and it certainly doesn't result in in me uh just having fun anymore, sure you know? every time every <laughs> it's, day it's way too much of a business and not as much of a like you know just having fun anymore passion project yeah. right yeah i think a lot of some viewers like don't like hearing that necessarily but at the same time it's sort of i do think this is the natural progression of like any career yeah right like it, it it's awesome to have started like you and I with like a decade of fun, like that's really cool because most people don't even get to experience that. Exactly. Truly loving yeah. every moment of your job all the time. And it's the same thing you would be doing even if you didn't get paid. Like yeah. how lucky to have experienced that at all. And then, you know, marriage, home ownership, kid, like that, it does really change like your connection to to what it is that you're doing, yeah. Yeah, I mean, when, when you have no expenses, basically, I mean, you're just a single guy, just, yeah. you know, just skirting by like, uh, it was way different for me then, of course. Now that I'm married, I have two kids, I have a house, I have a studio. Like, And, and in some ways, like I always try and keep my expenses low so I don't have mm -hmm. to do a lot of work so that I can, I can have more fun and mm -hmm. I can do more of the things that I want to do and not just think about cash flow all the time. But, yeah. Um, you know, the, like you were talking about TikTok and Instagram and stuff, that's the big transition in my mind is the, uh, the attention span of people, you know, it, it went Shoot. from like you, YouTube used to be like, Oh, we'd watch at least a few minutes of a video to mm. now Instagram was like, we'd watch a minute of a video. And now TikTok is like sometimes like 15 seconds of a video and you're done. And yeah. so since the YouTube algorithm went in the opposite direction where YouTube's like, we need videos that get people to watch for 45 minutes mm -hmm. and everybody's used to watching 15 seconds. Like you really have to work hard to get someone to stick around for a long time in this yeah. day and age. And so, uh, it's been fun skirting that line and finding things that are entertaining and also will keep people around for a while. Sure. Yeah. I, I, I think I, I worry sometimes for the younger generation and by that. I mean like 
the 12, 13, 14-year-olds now who are just getting into drums. Yeah. And I worry that they are they're, they're going to be so adequately entertained that something like a drum lesson or let's just say like a master class, right, which, you know, very nerdy. Like mm. I worry that that is going to be perceived as boring mm. by a 12 or a 13-year-old because they're used to like all of these silly, outrageous playful kind of content styles and so it's it's been weird it's been weird waters for me to navigate because i was never like the entertainer in the content world i never tried to make videos like for fun i did that a few times yeah. but my style is way more like hardcore high quality drum lesson education style you know um and i don't know i worry that that sometimes like there might be a a 12 or 13 year old who even watching this conversation might be too boring for them, mm. right? That it's, it's, there's not enough happening. Like they're not even playing drums. Like, you know, that you <laughs> would have a whole generation of people who are uh, effectively like, like their attention spans have gotten so short that any type of long format thoughtful content is uninteresting to them. And uh, I don't know, I worry about those kids, that generation. I'm, I'm, we're less connected to those people because we're, we're a bit older now. Yeah, yeah I don't know, man. I, that's, that's one of the reasons that I like doing podcasts like this because there's still a huge market for people who want long format, well thought out, articulated ideas, you know? Mm. It's weird, man. It's uncomfortable to be in a landscape that changes like that. We had a long run where it was very predictable. I'm yeah. sure you know about that. Like you can guarantee a certain amount of views on a certain content style. It's just, it's like it's free, you yeah. know? I mean, it, you always think that, I mean, especially now I think, well, you know, I, there's these people that clicked follow and subscribe on purpose because they wanted to see my videos. Yeah. But now YouTube just doesn't send them the videos. It's yeah, kind of like, they really it's don't. like Facebook where like you got a bunch of likes on a, a fan page, but now the only way to get it to more than like a hundred people is to pay. Pay to play. And it's, yeah. so it's like, unfortunately that stretching into the YouTube world and restricting people's access to the content that they subscribe to actually want to see. It truly um, is. It's, yeah. It's difficult. Yeah. Yeah. Fortunately, YouTube isn't quite pay to play level yet, but Facebook is, you know, I'm not here to just trash all the social media companies, but like <laughs> they, they have really made it where it's like you pay us money or we don't do anything for you. You know, it's, it's tough. It's tough. Really tricky. Well, so all of that aside, what, what kind of products do you have like going on now? Anything coming up in the future? Stuff you're working on? I'm always working on the next like concept that mm -hmm. I think will, will be enjoyable, enjoyable to people and, uh, you know, hopefully helpful to people. Like I've mm -hmm. really found myself transitioning from pure drum cover, which at the end of the day, like hopefully it's inspiration to people. Hopefully it makes people sure. want to play. I mean, I've never been the drummer that's like, Oh man, he's just so good. Like, you know, he makes me like, I have so much to learn from him more. So I've mm -hmm. always been the drummer that's like, oh man, he's having so much fun. Like sure. I, it makes me want to get behind a kid and play. And then, you know, hopefully through what I do and showcasing and working with other drummers, I can point to guys that are better teachers like yourself, you know? Uh, and so for me, the next chapter has always been creating content that showcased other musicians and that, you know, working and doing collaborations and, and just kind of expanding the overall appreciation for the drum world, especially yeah. to the new, new age of people. Uh, but then past that, also, like the content that I produce now, I try to just be helpful with it. You know, sure. like there's entertainment to it, there's inspiration to it, but like, let me show you uh, the new kit that I have. And that way, if you want to go get a drum set, you know what this one sounds like. Yeah. And, you know, oh, here are the best, like, here's all the different symbols in these different realms. Like, I, I kind of want to do a video where I, I compare side by side, you know, uh, 
dry symbols and like uh, the uh, kind of like case sweet symbols or dark symbols or like you know where it's just sure. like you because those those kinds of videos although they don't reach as many people I think they're more helpful to the people that they do reach because they are. if you're trying to figure out like what kind of symbols do I really want and I don't have the ability to go play these symbols if someone uses the same mics the same drum set the same setup and plays them you actually have a decent opportunity to to understand and, and hear yeah. what's going on and so I've done a lot of work with Sweetwater and I mean of course my my other sponsors Pearl and Zildjian Vic Firth those guys like showcasing different products uh, but it's just even going into the recording world with the studio and um, and those those realms of showcasing how to record drums, like mm-hmm. I, I find it a passion of mine to try and help people produce their own content. Because sure. nowadays, whether or not you're trying to be famous or you're trying to like make money or whatever, I believe that having basically a video resume of yourself is a great thing to have. Exactly. Especially now that like tours are starting back up and people are going to start playing again, to have a quick video that shows your skills and shows how you do what you do. I think that's way more important than, you know, numbers or anything like that on social media. If you want to be a drummer, just being like, hey, this is this is what I do. You know, yeah, Yeah, I've told people now it, it almost no matter what you want to do, with the exception of maybe like local lessons or local session work, if that was like your long term goal, you know, maybe that would be an exception. But for almost every other career path in the drum industry, I don't know that having zero content online is even optional at this point like you have to have something even if it's just the quick youtube video and and i've recommended even people that that aren't interested in having a studio or buying cameras or mics like you can rent all of that stuff like Mm. you can pay a local engineer and and pay a videographer if you really don't know anything about it just to have that content somewhere online uh, to help you get that gig that you might be interested in that that sort of thing but I'm with you too on, on I share that passion for wanting to help people make their own content mm-hmm. because, and let me ask you this, have, how much of your progression in drumming itself, how, how much of that is linked to the amount of time that you filmed yourself? Like aren't those linked really closely? Like the amount of time you've watched yourself play drums is probably close to how much time you've spent actually playing yeah. drums, which is weird. It's like constantly looking in the mirror right after you play, you get the immediate feedback that the video and the audio shows you. And that to me, that's been crucial to like helping me develop the skill sets that I have now. I don't know what kind of drummer I would be if I didn't film and record myself, but I, it wouldn't be the same, you know? Yeah. I mean, it's, there's no greater way to understand what it is you like and don't like about your playing than to be able to watch it back. I mean, yeah. it, and of course, you can also uh, argue that there's no greater way to find out what other people like and don't like about your playing than to record <laughs> they will yourself. They definitely and, tell you. <laughs> yeah, of course, more so oftentimes the, the negativity will come across more than the positivity because if you, if you just like it, you, you're not necessarily guaranteed to say anything, but if you dislike it, you're you're very inclined to to say that and uh so there's i mean there's definitely there's pros and cons to that because of course there are situations where someone's being negative and they aren't they don't really know what they're talking about but you can learn you know from actual constructive criticism and stuff but for me you know watching myself play it's really evolved who i am as a player and what i like Mm -hmm. but unfortunately the way that i've evolved as a player isn't necessarily what people want on the internet not always. Like right? I, I can't tell you how many times that I've done drum covers and like when I actually do get behind a kit and I play a, a drum cover now, how much more uh, 
just careful I am with it because mm-hmm. I, I realize like I don't I don't always just want to be that guy that's like flailing my arms around and like playing too many notes. Like I want to be a good example to people of what like if you were going to go into a session or if you were going to play a show or something like what might actually hit the record, what might actually make sense mm-hmm. and uh, what is uh, being respectful of the music. And I can't tell you how many times I've done that and I've, I've looked back at the drum cover and be like, that's one of my favorite drum covers just because of how, how well crafted it is. Yeah. And all the comments are like, I miss old Casey. I miss the old Cooper drummer. Like what happened to him where he's like, you know, smashing away at stuff. And I'm like, and, and it just, it make it, it kind of makes me think like, you know, I, sometimes I, I go back to playing that way just yeah. because it makes people excited because at the end of the day, I'm not trying to like, I'm not trying to be the best drummer on the planet. I'm not yeah. actually recording for the record. I'm not doing anything that like really matters of besides course. making people excited. So yeah, but it's, it's, it's almost like an ethical problem in there too. Cause if you go so hard in either direction, like if you, if you play everything like on the album, like you were getting paid to do it that way. I mean, yeah, there's an argument that that's boring sometimes because it is it is a boring part of the drum. And sometimes it's a basic rock beat for six minutes. Yeah. And that's kind of all that needed to be here. And then if you go in the entertaining direction all the way, you know, people have these like valid criticisms that like you're just showing people what not to do. Like, here's how to get fired. Here's yeah, how exactly. to, and it's like, well, that both of these are true. So it's tricky to navigate that stuff down the middle. Do you tend to like try and shoot down the middle in one video? Or it seems like you do it a little more like this video is going to be entertaining and we're going to go a little wild. And then this one, I'm not like yeah. you balance it that way. I, I kind of decide based on the, uh, based on the, the song or whatever it is that I'm actually doing, what I'm trying to show off. Like, you know, if I'm trying to, uh, if I'm playing like a high-end studio kit and I'm really just trying to like create something that's really like a beautiful work of art or like, a, you know, I say beautiful work of art. Someone's going to laugh at that, that coming <laughs> out of my <laughs> out of my mouth. But uh, like, you know, every once in a while I do a song that doesn't have any drums and I really, really think about the composition of the drums and what it might be like if there were drums on that track. Uh, and so like I've done that a few times where I'm really conscientious of the fact that like if I was going in the studio yes they chose not to have drums on this track so obviously this would not be the choice to have on the track but if they wanted to have drums on the track here's an idea of what what it might be yeah and uh um I, sh- I think glycerin by bush uh mm-hmm. I'm, I may be really just lo- losing my mind here but I'm pretty sure that was the most recent one I did that way where I was like showcasing like that song doesn't have drums in it but here I am um, you know, playing drums to the, the track and what it might sound like. Sure. Or I did a Billie uh, Eilish uh, track that I thought was a lot of fun. And in those, I'm trying to be more conscientious. But then... Real simple drums in her music a lot of yeah, times, Yeah, exactly. Right? Or virtually none sometimes, yeah. And so uh, I, I do, I think I tend to skirt one line or the other. Uh, mm-hmm. But overall, as a player, I have definitely been more reserved, even in my more uh, out there videos, just because I'm... I'm doing what I love. Like if I'm going to sit down, I'm going to play drums. I want to do it the way that I want to do it. Mm -hmm. And, you know, not to say that I've ever played in ways that I don't like, but I definitely enjoy fitting the song more than I do just playing too much on purpose. Yeah. 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 Well, it's interesting. I feel like you'll, this is something you've probably thought about more than an average content creator, but what level of responsibility do you feel uh, to the drum community, knowing the amount of people that watch you, right? Because I know you're you're a you're a thoughtful guy. I don't know you don't approach any of any projects or anything like carelessly. Uh, but do you ever feel like a somewhat of a of a 
like that big brother responsibility, that burden in that like, I don't want to mess this up because in some way you're responsible for forming the opinions of a very large group of up and coming drummers, right? Like, do you ever feel that responsibility and how do you think through that kind of stuff? Yeah, I, I definitely do. And that's one of the biggest things, especially regarding my channel is because I have such a younger audience. Mm -hmm. Like, I mean, YouTube in itself is a younger audience, younger. And, and, but like, you know, there's a lot of drummers out there that they have demographics that are more like, you know, college students. Well, not to say I, I definitely have those demographics, but I really, uh, my channel has been built and has really ex expounded upon the idea that I am reaching newer drummers. Mm -hmm. And so like, I really feel like I have to be careful with that because I don't want newer drummers. I want newer drummers to watch my videos and be inspired to play, but I don't want newer drummers to watch my videos and, and not understand that I have a different side to my playing. You know, like yes. I approach YouTube videos very differently than I approach the sessions that I'm on and I approach the gigs that I'm on. And that's why I try and show things like that. Like every once in a while I play drums with an orchestra and I'm playing like piano the entire time behind all these string instruments. And it's like, that's so different than what I do on my standard YouTube videos. And so if I can, I show every piece of what it is that I do. And I hope that they, you know, they buy into to me as a, a drummer and, you know, are interested in, in me learning more than just that one video they saw. Mm -hmm. And they'll see that progression. They'll see the difference in things. But I definitely, the amount of times parents or even people, kids and, and adults that have reached out to me and been like, you know, I started playing drums because of your videos or yeah. my five-year-old son watches you every time. I'm like, man... I, I gotta be so careful. Like if I'm, I'm cause I have kids now. So like, yeah, I understand you hear that even a different more way than, now. Yeah, yeah. Like if my, my four year olds on YouTube pretty often and he's always, you know, like I thinking about what it is that he's watching, mm -hmm. I want to be something positive that they're watching, you know, yeah. and I want to be helpful and I want to be encouraging and I want to be inspiring. And so it's really like, there is a lot to that, especially yeah. when it's not even just, the content I produce, but it's also how do I create revenue out of it? How do I monetize this? How do I build a brand? How do I feed my family while doing these videos? And then there's also the added responsibility of what I'm actually putting out there. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I've had this conversation with, um with a few different people before, sometimes even with like strangers at NAM sort of thing, where people learn that, that we're friends and they make a comment, something along the lines, it implies that they think the highest number of subscribers in the YouTube world should be directly tied into skill level. Mm. That if you're the number one or number two or number three YouTube drummer in the world, you should be the number one, two, or three drummer in the world. Yeah. That, 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 that your subscriber count should be indicative of your skill level sort of thing. And I've explained this to a few people that the type of person you want in that that number one, number two, number three spot of YouTube drummer with the most eyes on them, that, that you're the exact type of person that you want in there because you want you want relatability, right? Like you want to, to, the person in that position should be very responsible and know what they're doing at all times. They shouldn't be creating this gap of skill level where people think everything you play is like unattainable. Like, mm. you know, we can name drummers like Matt Garska, for example, like he's really fun to watch but you should not show that to a first year drummer. You're creating this distance of <laughs> yeah. like, dude, oh. it would take you 50 years to get here, yep. you know? Um, That's and, what I think when I watch him. Right, we still have that thought, like <laughs> who am I, dude, what am I doing? Yeah. Um, but I've always, I tell people that like, you are the man for that job because your playing is very relatable and you care 
that you connect with people, that you don't create this distance of mm-hmm. like, I'm this high level, unbelievable pro, pro, pro drummer, um, that you're not interested in creating a separation. You're interested in closing the gap and saying, you can do this too. And for that reason, I, I always tell people like, Casey Cooper is the guy you want in that position. Like you don't want Matt Garska in that position, not because he's not a nice guy, yeah. uh, but it, it's because it creates this weird separation where people are intimidated rather than inspired, you mm-hmm. know? So uh, anyway, that's my big compliment for you, man. I think you're very well suited to be in that position and someone who is, you know, 20 or 30 years more advanced from your playing level is not suited for that mm-hmm. position because they, they lose all that that connectivity, you know? Yeah. Well, I mean, uh, I appreciate that so much because that's that's exactly what I want to do. That's exactly what I want to be because I I realized that first off, I'm I'm by no means the best drummer. I'll, I Me personally will we? never. <laughs> yeah, but like you know, like you're an absolutely incredible player, and it would take me five, ten years of solid practice to get to your level. You know, and I want people to understand that that is like it's okay to to be lower on the 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 scale of drummers and to work your way up we all have somewhere to go you know and i want my videos to be that one of those first checkpoints like i love it when people tell me like i watched your video and i went home and i played what you you were playing yeah like you know matt garska plays something like there's no way so some some kid's (laughs) gonna be like hey yeah i went home and i just i just did what you did earlier today and so not to say like I have definitely and we talked about it just a few minutes ago like I want to show improvement in my playing and sure. a lot of that comes more from a musical perspective than mm-hmm. from a technical skills perspective but at the same time I want to be that guy that someone can can look at and be like hey that's cool that makes me want to play drums sure. I bet you I could do that in a month or a week or a day or or sure. a couple of years if you're a new drummer you yeah. know well and it's it should also be mentioned too that like Technical ability really, it's very important. It might be might be the most important thing if you were getting into this world that you can play drums decently well. Surely it's it's very important. But when the rubber meets the road, like your your ability to act professional, like that might matter just as much. Mm. Like I don't know about you, but I would gladly hire someone at a lower skill level who I like spending time with than the Matt Garska, for example, skill level, who's mm. not fun to be in a room with, you know? Yeah. Like, there's there's a whole lot of other things um, th- that would contribute to a successful career. And in the online world, your videography skills, your audio skills, your talking skills on camera, um, you know, your, your, your creativity off of the kit, like coming up with different video concepts and ideas, like it's this whole recipe of things that you need. Uh, and I feel like, um, I don't know. A lot of people don't look at it that way. They think yeah. getting really, really, really good at drums is the only thing you need to do. And that's at least now in the last 10 years, we've learned that that's that's definitely not how it works. It's a weird like amalgam of skill sets that has to be blended together. For sure. The only reason that my channel has the views and the subscribers that it does is because of the other skills and other <laughs> sure. things that I do. Like it, sure. if, if it were based on drum skills only, then, you know, I, I would have never been able to do what I, what I've done, you yeah. know, and it's, it's, uh, that's, that's another thing that I preach. You know, I, I want people to understand that like, yes, you can go to school to become like for a performance, 
But if you really want to make it in the music industry, you should probably go to school for business. You should probably go to school for marketing. marketing. You should probably go to school for maybe video. I mean, that's a dangerous thing, like in terms of like, yeah. you know, you could learn a lot of this stuff you can learn on your own. You can pretty much learn anything on your own with pretty YouTube much and all anything. that. But yeah. if you're going to go to school and you're going to get a degree, go to school and take private lessons in your instrument, but major in something more general, major in business, major in, in management, major in marketing or something where not only are you giving yourself some other ways to support yourself because like it's not a problem to not be full time like sure unless maybe it's a pride thing maybe as a like you want to be proud of yourself that you are a full-time musician and that's like that's just what you can call yourself but at the end of the day if you're managing somebody's like your band on the side or somebody else's band on the side and you're doing marketing for a brand or you're doing marketing for someone and you're getting paid that way while also getting to play music the way that you love Mm -hmm. like that's a win-win man like I, i love video i love marketing i love all that and there are many months where I'm doing things like that to create extra additional revenue so that I don't yeah. have to just depend on my drumming or I don't have to go on tour or if I, I don't because like I have a yeah. family, you know, and I don't yeah. I don't want to be on tour all the time. I was going to say, I take it tours are relatively off the table for you, right? That's, yeah. yeah, not an option. I do like one off you know, uh, appearances and like performances. Like I do some international stuff where I'll go and I'll do like a clinic or two and then come back. But like, yeah, yeah, like (laughs) I, I love that stuff. I love meeting people. I love performing, but at the end of the day, like, my priorities have shifted greatly to the, the fact that my main priority is my family. And, uh, it's amazing that I get to do what I love while also being home with my family. You know, yeah, it's a weird, well, it's interesting. And, and, we have strange jobs to describe to people. Mm. Well, let me ask you this. What's your answer if you meet a new person? They're like, what do you do, Casey? Like, how do you, how do you answer that? Because it's, it's tricky, right? It's yeah. a very hard question to answer. Well, typically someone introduces me and they're like, oh, hey, this is, uh, this is Casey. And he's like this YouTube guy. And he's got, and, and yeah. so like, then you're, you're already batting out of a weird hole because people, <laughs> people think yeah. that you're like, that you, you're a millionaire that, yes. uh, that, cause you know, someone says 2.5 million subscribers or, you or know, even full-time YouTuber, yeah, people go like, super oh, famous like, right oh, away. Yeah, he's definitely yeah. got a Lamborghini or something at yeah. home. And it's like, so then you're like trying to explain to them that, no, I don't just sit around and play drums all the time. Like really, I, I call myself a, uh, basically a, uh, a, a marketing drummer, you mm-hmm. know, like, or a, a, a content, a content creator is my easiest way to, yeah. to, to just sum everything up because I'm the, I am the marketing, I am the editing, I am the video, I am the audio, I am the, you know, I do all the different things to create my content Mm -hmm. and to create content for other businesses. And I mean, the other day I got the pleasure of uh, helping to shoot uh, J-Rod Sullivan. Are you familiar with him? Oh yeah, sick drummer. Insane drummer. He got, he was doing a Vic Firth masterclass and he asked me, he's like, Hey, you got anybody to do video? And my buddy Isaac and I went over there and we shot the masterclass for them. Awesome. And like, so having those skills allowed me to do another thing in the music world yeah. and help out a buddy and get, put some coin in my pocket. Sure. And it was one of the greatest experiences because the dude's a phenomenal drummer and yeah. I got to watch him do it live. Super you know? fun. Like, yeah, yeah. So that's like, at the end of the day, creating content is my passion. Yeah. And so I think that's one of the, the easiest ways to explain it. You know? that, is, that is a good core example of what it actually is, right? It's we create content. What the content is will vary project mm-hmm. to project. But yeah, I experienced the same thing with Minel um, has been very, very generous in hooking me up with different different gigs that are suited to my skill set. And they do this with all of their artists in in really creative ways. Uh, But for me, anything that involved talking on camera 
and videography. So like mostly like product videos, that mm-hmm. sort of thing. Over the years, they've set me up with many different gigs doing that. And it's funny because you you don't get offered that gig unless you have that combination skill set yep. of can you film it well? Can you mm-hmm. talk on camera? Can you write the script for the product? And I know you, you have all those skill sets as well, but uh, it's a good example of why you want to be diversified because even within the music industry, there's all these other strange little avenues that open yeah. up. Um, yeah, like filming a masterclass. That's a really cool one. Really yeah. cool. Well, I mean, imagine like, because this is where the, the co- compilation of skills gets even even deeper. Yeah.